This is Radio Influence. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. Hey, good evening and welcome to Beyond the Badge. Of course, I am your host, Vincent Hill, and today is Tuesday, February the 6th, 2018. And we're just a couple of days removed from the big game, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 52 uh, occurred this past Sunday, and the New England Patriots lost, if you haven't heard, which I'm sure you have, the New England Patriots lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, granted, I'm not a, a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. I spent some time in Philadelphia as a child. My dad was stationed there um, way back in the day, back in the 70s or maybe even early 80s. You know, I'm so old, I can't remember exactly when things happened. But I lived in Philly for a little bit. I had an aunt that lived in Philly her entire life until she passed away, an uncle that lived in Philly. But I never really had any ties to the city of Philadelphia besides Philly cheesesteak. I mean, you can get those anywhere you go nowadays. But the one thing I will say, and if there's any Patriots fans listening to this, don't take this the wrong way because... I, like many other people, nothing against Tom Brady and his legacy, which no doubt he will leave behind a great legacy based on his accomplishments, but not taking anything away from that, I think there was a large population that was just tired of seeing the Patriots win the Super Bowl year after year after year, and me being here in Atlanta after what they did to the Falcons last year, or should I say what the Falcons did to themselves last year, the way they blew that lead. To me, it was kind of refreshing to see someone else get an opportunity to say they are Super Bowl champions. And of course, the city of Philadelphia (laughs) had a huge party the following night. Uh, Well, that night and the following night, I think there were a few arrests here and there for some... uh, things that people were doing out in the street, but understandably so, not saying I justify it by any means, but that was the first uh, Super Bowl title that the Philadelphia Eagles have ever brought home, and who knows, it could be their last. You know, if you look back to a team like Cam Newton, who had an amazing year, the year they went to the Super Bowl, they lost in the Super Bowl, granted, but they made it to the Super Bowl, and then you look at what that team has done since then, and it's been, quite frankly, absolutely nothing. So, who knows? Philly may get to that status next year, or they may fall by the wayside like so many other teams. But for right now, they're the Super Bowl champions. For right now, the city of Philadelphia is really loving that. They're enjoying it, and they look forward to what happens with the Philadelphia Eagles next season. Now, speaking of Super Bowl, uh, Of course, it was in Minneapolis this past Sunday, and there were a group of protesters from a few organizations, Black Lives Matter, something called Take a Knee, I don't even know what that is, and a few other organizations, and they were out in full force protesting, of course, police brutality and greed of rich people. let, Let me make sure I understand this. Now, it's one thing. 
to say you're protesting police brutality because you believe that's the narrative that happens every day. But we'll get to that. But you're protesting someone's greed or their wealth status because they decided to go out and get it. That's a little stupid. So another part of this protest was they were upset that the city of Minneapolis decided to let anyone who had a ticket to the Super Bowl to ride, I guess, the rail line uh, to to and from wherever the hotel, whatever, up to the stadium. And those that didn't have tickets had to ride buses. They were not allowed on trains. So apparently that became an issue and it was about status. Somehow it was about race. And I'm pretty sure there were probably some black people on the train, some Hispanic people, some Chinese people. At any rate, it became a problem because, again, people are so used to that narrative that if you don't get your way, then it must be because you look like this. If you don't get your way, it must be because they look like this. They look white and you look black. But let me flip the script. Let me try to use a little bit of this thing called logic to explain likely why that happened. It's the Super Bowl. Security for the Super Bowl is very tight because... Granted, it's a very large building, but it's a large, soft target. So therefore, I'm guessing, I'm speculating, I'm speculating here, but I think I might be onto something, that the city, the police, the city police, the state police, probably the FBI, were looking out for the better good of the entire city. So therefore, if you can control who gets on the trains, you have to have this ticket to get on the train, which says, yes, you're going to the Super Bowl. If you can control who gets on those trains because they were checking before you got on the train, guess what else you can control? You can control someone walking onto that train with a backpack with, say, a pressure cooker bomb on it, like, i.e., Boston, Massachusetts, at the Boston Marathon. You can control someone walking onto that train with, say, an AK-47 and killing a bunch of people, which happened in Paris. You can control someone walking on there with a knife and stabbing a bunch of people, which happened in London. So while people were out there protesting this because they thought it had something to do with the people riding the train status versus their status, and they thought it had to do with greed because they paid so much for these Super Bowl tickets, no, idiot. It was actually per to protect not only those Super Bowl ticket holders, but to protect you. Because the last thing you want is a moving bomb. And if someone who decided, oh, there's people from all over the place going to this one location and they're all on this train right now, I'll just blow this plane, this train to, to smithereens. That's what that was about. But yet, people were out protesting it because 
Based on the narrative they've been told, it was because of their status. No, it wasn't status. It was security. It wasn't status. It was safety. So 17 people got arrested, and rightfully so, uh, in Minneapolis for hindering uh, public transportation because they essentially got chains and locks and locked themselves up to block people from being able to get on the train, which, of course, would have made them miss the Super Bowl because, trust me, the line to get through the Super Bowl was crazy from a security standpoint. Trust and believe it was. So 17 people were arrested because they were protesting police brutality and people's greed. But if memory serves me correctly, there's been all right, there's been two police shootings in Minneapolis that have made the news. One was the uh yoga instructor from Australia or wherever she was from. Of course that didn't really bother too many people because she was white and the officer that shot her was Somalian. And the other of course is uh Philando Castile, who was shot and after he was shot his girlfriend, uh, you know, live streamed it on Facebook. So if that's what they were protesting, again, if you look at the totality of that case, it wasn't police brutality. This officer, who happened to be Hispanic, by the way, didn't just get out of his car, walk up to Philando Castile's car, pull out his gun and shoot him in the head. It went just like this and it took just this long. Hey, the reason I stopped you is because of this. Your tail lights out. You have your registration. Yeah, I have my registration. I got a gun. Hey, don't reach for the gun. Don't reach for the gun. Pow. Ah, That's how fast that went. That's called split second decision making. So it had nothing to do with brutality. There was nothing brutal about it. There was nothing unethical about it. There was nothing illegal about what that officer did at that exact moment because he heard the word gun. And so many people are still stuck on the fact that, oh, well, he had a carry to conceal, a carry permit to carry concealed. Well, it doesn't matter. A, because he never said that. Lando never said that. Don't watch the little 30 minute Facebook video. Watch the dash cam, which doesn't lie, which isn't altered. Watch the dash cam. I have a gun. Okay, sir, don't move. And what is Philando Castile doing? He's moving. So what did the officer think he was moving to get? The gun. It's that simple. So while these 17 people were out protesting police brutality, I would challenge them to learn the definition of police brutality. Rodney King was police brutality I can show you police brutality that has happened over this history now am I foolish enough to say it doesn't happen nope because yeah it happened look at Los Angeles in 1991 it happens does it happen frequently no but does it happen yeah But is everything associated with police brutality? No. But what's funny, what's ironic is the things that people are protesting has nothing to do with police brutality.
It has to do, quite simply, with the use of force and that officer using the amount of force necessary to effect his arrest or to eliminate the threat. That's what it boils down to. If you can start showing me, now, this is in 1965 Kentucky. If you can start showing me where police just pull black people over, yank them out of their car, beat them half to death, and then get back in their car and leave like nothing happened, then we can start talking police brutality. But until we can talk that, I really think people are protesting the wrong thing. If you want to talk brutality, go ask Glenn Doss's family what brutality is. You remember Glenn Doss, the black officer in Detroit who was shot, who later died, shot in the head, and his dad said the bullet entered, went to the back of his head, ricocheted, came out the front of his head. You want to talk brutality? Go ask his family about brutality. If you want to talk brutality, let's switch it and go out to Colorado, where since December 31st, three officers have been killed in the line of duty. Three officers shot and killed in the line of duty simply because some individual didn't want to go to jail. The latest happened this past Monday, just on yesterday, where three officers in Colorado, three sheriff's deputies in Colorado were shot. One who actually died at the scene, Deputy uh, Micah Flick, who had been on the department for, I believe, 11 years. But no one's protesting that, right? So remember the analogy I just used where police just don't get out of their car, walk up to someone, shoot them in the head, or get out of their car, walk up to someone, yank them out of the car, beat the hell out of them until they're almost dead, and get back in their car and leave. But let me flip it for you and just think about it and imagine it for a second. When police arrive to a scene, that's exactly what happens to them. Someone will walk up to a police officer and shoot him in the head for no reason. Or for a reason that the police officer has no idea why he's being shot. You don't believe me? Ask Michael Flick. Oh, you can't ask him because he is dead. He was shot and killed in the line of duty yesterday. If you don't believe me, Ask Glenn Doss. Oh, I'm sorry. You can't ask him because he was shot in the head for simply responding to a call. So again, police don't get out of the car. Ah, oh, shoot. There goes one of them ends right there. Yeah, boy. Let me get that in right there, boy. Come here, Ian. Let me shoot you. Come here, Ian. Let me whoop you. I'm Barney Fife. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. But police, I don't care what color they are, because Glenn Doss was a black man who looks like me, was shot and killed. Michael Flick is a white man who was shot and killed. And I assure you, if Michael Flick would have been a white officer that shot a black individual, oh, you would hear his name. Oh, you would know who the hell he was, but it wouldn't be for the right reason. It would be because he's a racist and it's police brutality. And it's that. And he was not trained right. And the guy never did anything in his life. And all the other crap that we heard. But police have to 
have to realize that, yeah, I could be sitting in my car and someone walk up to me and shoot me in the head simply because they don't like police. I could be sitting in my car and get assaulted simply because someone doesn't like police. I could be walking down the street and get beat up simply because someone doesn't like police. Or, since everybody says this is about looks and appearances and how, what side of the tracks you're on, I'll flip it for you. I can be sitting in my patrol car and get shot in the head because I'm wearing this uniform. I can be walking down the street and get assaulted because I'm wearing this uniform. Because that's what people protest, right? That police abuse and kill people simply because of the way they look. Well, what about those people that abuse and kill police simply because of the uniform that they're wearing? Because if you see them out in the street in jeans and t-shirt, you're not going to know there's a police, right? So, why is it okay for that to happen and all of these groups who want to block trains, even though they were there to protect bombs, why is it okay for people to do that to police and nobody make us think about it? Why is it okay for Black Lives Matter to go block that train, that subway in Minnesota, but not yet one member of the Black Lives Matter community has sent their condolences to Officer Glenn Doss's family in Detroit? Why is that okay? I'll tell you why it's not okay. Because it's not okay. That's why. It's not okay at all. I'll tell you another thing that's not okay. And I read this, I believe, yesterday. And I was I was flabbergasted, but yet not surprised uh, at all. So there was a, I believe, an Outback Steakhouse up in uh, Cleveland, Tennessee. A, a an officer that was on duty decided to meet his wife for dinner. Like I'd done that a hundred times while on duty. I'd meet the family out. We'd go have dinner because when you work crazy hours and crazy schedules, you, you got to get it in when you can get it in. So anyway, he's at this Outback, Outback Steakhouse in Cleveland, Tennessee. And the manager asked him to leave. True story. I'm not making this up. The manager asked him to leave because he had a gun. Well, first she asked, hey, can you put it in your vehicle? He says, no, uh, no, I'm in uniform and it's part of my uniform. I'm on duty. No. So she goes, she makes a call, comes back and says, well, sir, I got to ask you to leave because Outback is a gun free zone. Now, I personally have never been to this out back in Cleveland, Tennessee. I know where Cleveland, Tennessee is, but me being a carry uh, permit holder, I carry my weapon in every restaurant I go in. And I assure you there were people in Cleveland, Tennessee, because again, I know where Cleveland, Tennessee is, that were in that restaurant armed. So this officer, while he's out having dinner with his family while on duty, is asked to leave, he leaves. And the reason he was given is... 
there was an individual in this restaurant, I can't make this stuff up, who said she was in fear of her life because police are shooting people. And she was afraid that this officer would just signal her out and shoot her. (laughs) So then she wanted protection and escort to her car in fear of the officer being out in the parking lot waiting to shoot her. Now, see, that that just goes back to what I said about this this narrative and this, I don't even know what to call it. A, I don't know if I'm more upset at this individual. Probably not because she's been listening to all this other crap about police and she has a certain agenda just like all the other people that say police are bad. But I don't know if I'm more upset at her or the restaurant for what they did. Because, A, here's the thing. You got to support your men and women in uniform. And, B, you never know when you may need that officer that you just kicked out of your restaurant. So could you imagine? You know, I'm just sitting in my patrol car after I just got kicked out of a restaurant. It's the radio going off. Uh, 1054P at Outback Steakhouse. Individuals armed with two handguns. And he just shot three people. I'm thinking I might be a little slow to respond there, right? Not saying I would because it's my job to protect and serve. But... You know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, wait a minute, aren't these the same people that just told me I had to leave because I had my gun on and how ironic that they're getting robbed by somebody with a gun right now? I mean, at what point does this just stop? At what point do we as a society say, you know what, I'm not here to appease you. That is not my job. My job is A, B, and C. I'm not here to feed your agenda because I'm concerned that if I don't, then you're going to complain on me and make me look like a racist. At what point do we stop just trying to appease people simply because their narrative is something that makes the news and they punk us because that's what they're doing. They punk people into doing what they wanted to do to make it seem like they support their agenda. First of all, I don't punk to anybody. There's only one person that I punk to, and that's the God above. I can't do anything against what he says because he is my Lord and Savior, right? I don't punk to anybody on this earth. So I I get so sick and tired of people just bowing down And going with the flow simply because they don't want to be that person in the news. Because here's how that probably would have gone if that manager didn't ask his officer officer to leave. Oh, you don't want to ask him to leave? Well, you must be racist and you must support police brutality. I'm going to go on 
Twitter, and I'm going to go on Instagram, and I'm going to go on Facebook, and I'm going to go to the local news station and tell them not to eat at this outback in Cleveland, Tennessee, whatever the address is, because they're racist and they support police brutality against black people. That's why that manager asked that officer to leave. Me, personally, I would have told her, too damn bad if you're scared. If you're scared, why don't you leave? Because I have a hundred other people here that aren't saying one word about this officer putting them in fear. So if you're so fearful, ma'am, I tell you what, I will have this officer escort you to your car, or we can call another officer to escort you to your car to make sure you get home safely if you're that scared. But I am not asking this officer to leave this restaurant. But simply because in this society now, nobody wants to be that person. Nobody wants to be associated with being called this are accused of being this, that we just punk out and we bow down to anybody if we think, if we think that they can make you look a certain way. And until we get past that, we will always be exactly where we are now. Police will always be the bad guy. If you go against someone, you will always be accused of being a racist. If you go against someone, you will be accused of supporting something that you really probably could care less about. Until we get past that, there will be no change in this country. We, as American citizens, need to, since everyone else, all of these other groups, Black Lives Matter and Take a Knee, whoever the hell they are, since all of them are using their voice to intimidate or get what they want, then we need to use our voice and say, you know what? I am tired of your stuff. You're not going to intimidate me. You're not going to punk me to get me to follow your agenda because I don't support it. I'm my own person. And that is my right. All right. It's time to switch gears. It's time for my 10, seven segment because we're almost out of time. Uh, but you know, I don't know what's going on up in, in Colorado, but uh, there's been three police shootings since the first of the year. Well, actually, the first was on uh, New Year's Eve, just a few minutes before New Year's. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, that happened this year in 2018. Uh, but now three officers have been shot and killed in the line of duty in Colorado. I believe a total of seven officers have been shot in the uh, state of Colorado. So tonight, during my 10-7 segment, uh, I honor Deputy Sheriff Micah Flick. Deputy Sheriff Michael Flick was shot and killed while conducting an auto theft investigation in the area of Gallery Road and North Murray Boulevard in Colorado Springs at approximately 4 p.m., broad daylight. Several officers attempted to take a suspect into custody, but the man began to struggle and then opened fire, fatally wounding Deputy Flick and wounding two other deputies, a Colorado Springs police officer and a bystander. The man was shot and killed by return gunfire. Deputy Flick had served with the El Paso County Sheriff's Office for 11 years. He was killed on the 11th anniversary of starting with the department. He is survived 
by his wife and seven-year-old twins. So, as I said during this show, police don't just walk up to people and shoot them in the head simply because of the way they look. Police don't walk up to people and beat them to death simply because of the way they look. But police are faced with that daily, being shot simply based on how they look. Think about that and let it sit in. To Deputy Sheriff Micah Flick, thank you, sir, for 11 years of service to the community there in El Paso County, Colorado. My prayers to your wife, your two twins that will forever be without you. I want to thank you, my loyal listeners, for listening tonight to Beyond the Badge. And I'll see you next week right here, same time, RadioInfluence.com. Good night. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. Chef Brian Duffy here. I've got a new show called Duffified Live that's unlike anything you've ever heard. Each week, I'm going to be talking to some of my friends, some people I've never even met before. We're going to be talking about people that I meet on the road through some of my experiences. We're talking about restaurants, talking about great stories, great guests, wild adventures, the whole nine yards. Get Duffified Live with me, Chef Brian Duffy, each week on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.